Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat Conversations with Filmmakers, where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV, and we will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I'll provide you with the guests and the information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. So now, let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. My guest today, I'm welcoming him back, is Mr. Peter Marshall. We've been doing a director series together, discussing the fine points of directing, working with actors, scene breakdowns, uh, using the camera, blocking, all sorts of incredibly valuable and useful information that you are going to want to listen to and have. So stay tuned today. Peter will be coming up in just a little bit. We'll talk about uh, some more about working with actors and the fine points of the director scene breakdown process and much, much more. And the chat room is open, so if you're listening live, you can join us in the chat room. Please do, and please invite others to join us now as well, or to listen to these archived anytime, 24-7. These podcasts are available from RexSykes.com. That's R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com. That's my name. I'm your host, Rex Sykes Movie Beat, the official URL. All of these interviews you can listen to live right there from RexSykes.com and or get them 24-7. Now, this is a director series. This is episode 28, 28 hours devoted to the director's work and how to be a better director. So go back. It doesn't matter if this is the first time you're listening. Go back at your leisure and listen to the other episodes. Plus, there's over 400 hours of other filmmakers sharing their expertise, producers, writers, directors, editors, actors, agents, managers. Go back and check out the archives. You're going to be glad that you did. All right. Without any further uh, hesitation, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my guest in case you do not know, but I encourage you to read the biography at RexSykes.com and the interviews blog, where all of these interviews and discussions are housed. Um, the director series is the nuts and bolts of directing film and television with, with Peter Marshall, and Peter has had a 35-year career, over a 35-year career, and has worked as a PA, a Dolly Grip electrician, assistant cameraman, commercial production manager, first assistant director, a TV series creative consultant, television producer, and a director. He's worked on industrials, documentaries, TV commercials, music videos, Emmy Award nominated TV series and features. He's directed over 30 hours of episodic television, written, directed, and produced over 50 hours of documentary educational programs, and his works have won or been nominated for 14 international awards. So help me welcome Mr. Peter Marshall. Peter, it's Hi, great Rex. to have you How back. How are you doing? Oh, good. How are you? Good. Very nice. Very, I mean, very well. Thank you. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that you're back. Uh, it's been a, a couple of months, and we have shared, and you have shared so much incredible information with um, the listeners of Movie Bait, um, who are 
seasoned A-list professionals all the way down to newbie filmmakers and fans worldwide. Um, and, and we're continuing today, and I'm really excited about that. We've got about an hour to share uh, with our listeners. So, um, I, oh, I want to remind listeners, if they're listening live or archived, to leave comments at the Blog Talk Player radio uh, comment window. And uh, while, we're, while Peter and I are talking, I invite you to uh, live tweet or post on Facebook or whatever your favorite social media means is to uh, help us get the word out so other filmmakers and other people can listen to what Peter has to say, what my guests have to say. I certainly appreciate that. Thank you. All right, Peter. So um, we have had in the director series alone, um, this is the 28th hour, you also did with me a first AD series, which was, I believe, five hours or six hours of, of information for the first AD. So uh, listen, I just want listeners to know that. And as I said, they can go back anytime. And your website is actioncutprint.com. It's actioncutprint.com, and you have an e-zine, and you have a blog, and you have lots of resources that are available to the filmmaker. Uh, you got the director's chair and uh, film direct. Is it film directing tips? I can- yeah, the director's chair is the easing, which they can find on my Action Cut mm-hmm. Print uh, website, and, and filmdirectingtips.com is my um, blog. Well, I put out daily uh, information, just little articles daily uh, on the blog. So it's a good, lot of good information for people. Yeah. Well, we have. Um, a- uh, I've been promising people your director's nine-part scene breakdown process um, as of today, and we also have um, some guidelines for working with actors. So we can go in either direction first. I know we probably will not get through all of them today, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let you determine which you would like to talk about first. Well, I think uh, you know. We're, I think to finish off the, the series, as far as the actors is concerned, because uh, that's a major part of acting. We we were we just came off of um, auditions and things like that. We might as well just finish off with uh, okay. just some guidelines for working with actors. Just some salient points uh, that we can discuss. Um, there are no particular order. Um, and uh, you know some of it's repetition, but repetition is good when it comes to learning. So, and then we can ch- And then, being an actor yourself, you can maybe um, you know speak up to a lot of this. So it can be a definite conversation between the both of us. So we can just go from there. Okay, okay. So let's do that. Let's uh, let's let's start with the actor guidelines. And this is with working for with working with actors on set, uh, and as an actor, by the way, I have found um, your works. Uh, immensely valuable, and these discussions incredibly valuable because I think as an actor, there's a lot of um, a lot of things that that especially working with newer directors is is um, is cha- it can be challenging mm-hmm. because sometimes I think the new director they're they're so interested in getting their movie made. Uh, and, and by the way, this is a gross generalization. I do not mean to insult anybody, but they're so so interested in the movie, man. They're so concerned with the shots and the technical stuff, and everything else, but they haven't really learned the psychology of working with people, especially if they're yeah. younger. They haven't done it enough to know how to um, help bring out the best in someone. They don't necessarily know how to instill confidence if that's needed. They they maybe don't know how to talk or or good protocol for the set. So. You, when when you can give guidelines for working with actors that help directors 
better hone that that ability, I think it's an incredibly um, a valuable opportunity for directors to listen up. Well, I think you nailed it right on the head. It's all about human behavior, and that's the first thing that, that um, is a prerequisite to even sitting down and, and writing a script or getting a script as a director. And, and why would people talk this way? Why would people do this? It's all about understanding human behavior. Right. And, I mean, life is all about that. Every time you step outside the door, every time you wake up and you have to deal with people in your own house, whether you have spouses or kids or whatever it is or, or, or at your work, it's all about interaction of, of of people, and when that's in real life, and when you take it into a dramatic form, a lot of directors tend to forget the real part, and then go in just to the make believe part, and that's why a lot of times we have um, stories that don't make sense, or I don't believe it, or characters that aren't believable on the screen, um, acting that is, you know not as maybe as good as it should be. And I think a lot of this stems from the fact that um, directors and actors, uh, you know, maybe forget that it's all about truth. It's all about being believable. And when you just look out the door, look around you, wherever you are, whatever you see people, they're doing real stuff. And we emulate in the arts, um, we emulate that we, 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 as characters, as writers, as directors, trying to say, well, there's two people walking down the street and they're talking, so what are they talking about? And it's about observation. Um, I always say that we're in the observation business, and you have to always observe people in going about their daily lives, and that's how you're going to find out about human behavior. So uh, you're absolutely correct on that. And uh, again, to pick up on that, new directors, or, and even a lot of experienced directors I work even, with. Uh, even experienced directors, yes. Yeah, like they'll, they'll focus on the technical side rather than the actor side, figuring that the actors will just do their thing or I, I, we're paying them to you know, say the lines and move around, and they can do that quite well. Um, and now with all the technology, everyone's wrapped up in the shots and the visual effects and and it's sort of the the wrong way to go about it. I mean, my mantra is story first, performance second, and then what I call cinematics. In other words, all of the other stuff, all the technical stuff, third. Um, and it's essentially, without a good story, it doesn't matter. Anything else really doesn't matter. Yes, everything has to work together. This is like, the, you know, to make a good film, it's, you, you want someone who's capable of the technical part, absolutely. But it all rests on the story and what the story is about. And is the story, um, give it, make, do we get something out of the story? And I think that's, that's the, the key area there. And the second part is about performance. Can you work with actors? Are there actors truthful and believable? And then the third, of course, is how do we technically put all that into making a film? And so many people just start with number three, basically, and then and then puts around with the first two. Um, it, it's frightening out there. And, and I, as an actor yourself, I, I know you tell stories where you're left basically alone on the set without getting any direction and, and becoming director-proof, uh, which we've talked about in previous episodes. Sure. So that's something that, that, from a director's point of view, I guess to round all this off, is you know psychology books, understanding human behavior, what makes us tick is an incredibly uh, important aspect of our job, and not just for directing actors, but in life, and how to, especially how to deal with people. 
It's um, it's an interesting thing because I know that if you put a camera on somebody and they don't know they're being filmed, they're just being who they are. Um, what they're doing may or may not be interesting based on, you know, in terms of dramatic structure, but can be absolutely riveting because you're watching a human being be a human being. Right. And I think the challenge for actors is to get to that point where they're they're very real and they're not overdoing things and they're not pushing a performance. They're not, they're not acting. I mean, you know, we mm-hmm. as actors get lines and we think, oh, how am I going to say this and all that kind of stuff. And we, you know, we, we practice different ways and try and make it interesting. And sometimes actors do way too much and they need to be reined in by somebody who can look at it and go, you know what, uh, I need you to be a whole lot more subtle. And I mean, you may not express it that way, but, but you know, and sometimes they're not doing enough, you know, so the, the, uh, uh, what you said is fascinates me because I, I think of it this way, you know, in terms of the evolution of, of our art and craft and everything, is, is people did this around a campfire mm-hmm. or in a cave, you know, yeah. and so there was there was story and performance, and then later there was a technical stuff that was added to it to cap, be able to capture it, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 if the focus is on the capturing of it, um, that's great. I mean, you want to do that. But it still goes back to what are you capturing, and is it worth the audience um, looking at it? Mm-hmm. And if it's just about capturing it, then I think, you know, and nowadays with reality shows, you've got things that are kind of scripted in, in, in editing or they're scripted or they're pushed. But I think people look at acting now uh, a whole lot differently than they did, say, even in the 40s or 50s, even with Dean and Brando, or, you know, I mean, uh, acting and, and performance and story has evolved incredibly. Yes. Yeah. We don't. And I, and I think that. Yeah, and I, and I, that really goes back to, like I said, of observing, um, observe, observing people. I do a lot of my classes, which I teach young directors. Um, sometimes I'll just send them out on the street, and I'll just okay for 15 minutes. You just uh, pick somebody out in the street, a person or a couple or somebody. Just watch them, and create a story around them. And then when we come back, tell us the people you saw. And then what, what story, um, come up with a story that they, you know, about them. And whatever you tell is real because uh, you're making a story up. But the thing is, their performance is real because you've added that layer on. And, and like I said, they're just doing their normal thing, whatever that is. And you get some very interesting light bulbs going off because that's real life and that's where we want. It's about truth and believability. And you know, do we believe them is essentially... Uh, them being actors uh, is essentially one of our main jobs as a director, which starts in the audition process and goes all the way, obviously, onto you know take one, two, and three, etc. And a lot of that, again, we as I talk about, is observing human behavior. But I guess there's three words that uh, are my ultimate acting mantra, uh, which is called, and the three words are motive, determines behavior. And I have talked about this at great length in, in this series. And it's really, when you really think about it, everything we do almost in life is based on this motive determines behavior because every day we're, we, we're doing something, and that's a behavior, and it's a result of something, and it's a result of, of usually it's a want, and it's also a need. And, I, and when you boil it down to like these three words, it's essentially 
that's all you need in a, in an overview sense of uh, story sense of when you, you know you're either writing a script. Why are people saying that? Why are people doing stuff? Well, what's the motivation? Because that's going to determine why they do things. I mean, the simple version of that is, I'm hungry. What do I do? I go get something to eat. Motive determines behavior, and you can take it. Every time we do anything, every time we get up in the morning, everything. I mean, just getting up in the morning, there's a, there's a, a motivation to do that. So you divide, when you really think about that, it's essentially human life is about that. Where it's survival or going to a party or whatever it is, there's this motive determines behavior. And you can you can divide that up into, you know, the, mo- the motive is really our inner life or our our need, um, our subtext, if you will, determines our outer life or what we do, our want. So it's, it, you can go on and on and on about this, but it's essentially if, if the listeners just basically write down three words, motive determines behavior, and, and then just think about that and think about your life and every day you go out, that's essentially what it is. So if you take that from real life and say, okay, now I'm directing a movie, or as an actor, I have to perform in a play or a movie, whatever it is, those three words are essentially the building blocks of everything that you're going to be doing to get a good performance. That's excellent. So, so um, I, the, I know the actor has to do their homework, and, uh, and they, they come to the set with their homework, and probably they've discussed it with the director before they're on set, but maybe they haven't. And now they're on the set, how does the director help the actor? What are some of the things, this is what we were going to discuss, you know, uh, that the director can right off the bat start to help um, bring this inner and outer uh, together in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a better performance or a stronger performance? Mm-hmm. What do they need well, to again, there's, help motivate uh, the actor to do? Yeah, I mean, it's an overall general question for, for, for but and everything. When you get specific, you can get more detailed. Right. But overall... It's you know we we need to help them. Uh, uh, directors need to help actors uh, with their performance, and but with also what's their character objective, what's the scene objective, what 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 are all those things that are important to understand, and those are a couple of the things that the, both the actor and the director need to be 100% uh, totally uh, both aware of. And what's the, what's the scene objective? What are, what's the intent of the scene? What are we doing the scene for? What's happening in the scene? And then what's the character's objective in the scene? What's the want? I mean, any actor will come in. What do I want in the scene? That's what you do as an actor. And you find out what that is, and then you go one step further. Okay, so that's my want, and now what's my, what's my need in there? What's my subtext? And it's up to the directors to help actors along the way to make believable performances um, and to help with the subtext. I always say that directors, we don't direct the text. Texts are just words, not just. I'll take the word just out. Uh, we're, uh, words on a paper, okay, brilliant words on a paper. But what we do as directors is we direct underneath that, and we find with the actors, because the actors perform, good actors perform the subtext. Good directors work with the subtext. What's the real, what's the meaning of it? What's the need? And what that happens, when, when that happens, you get all these layers of performance and beats and moments that are magic because it's not just the words they're saying, it's the feeling behind them. And so many actors and so many directors don't understand the feeling. They're just saying the words or, like you said, acting the words. 
which is the easiest thing to do, right? Just memorize lines and repeat them. But without some kind of feeling or emotion or why am I saying these, it just becomes very wooden. And I think that's a lot of the um, what we call, I mean, we've categorized it as either not truthful or not good acting or the story sucks. <laughs> you can call it whatever right. you want. Because they've, they've missed something within it. And that's a director's job is to guide the actor along that way. And, and I think a lot of it from a director's point of view is to is to help the actor it's the, with their inner lives and their outer life together because they both have to work and to make sure that they're portrayed as uh, effectively as possible in the scene. And so that's, that's, that's something that's very important from a director. Um, other ways to help are, um, like I said, observing and watching and just what, what's really happening, what's really going on, what, what are all the triggers, um, subtext, verbs, um, images, expressions. These are all the, the things we use to help um, actors uh, get believable performances because in theater, when you stand on a stage as an actor, the audience is the audience for you. If it's a bad night, they don't laugh or whatever, you're going to feel that immediately. You have an instant as an actor, you know instantly whether a gag is working or something's, or something's not working. But in a film, you have only one person that is really your audience, and that's the director. And that's the person you gravitate to. That's the person you need a response from. So that director has to be totally in the moment with the actor um, and just totally absorbed. And then when, you know, when, they, when they cut, okay, do I need to, do I need to make changes? Uh, was that a good enough? Uh, okay, if I have to make changes, what am I changing? What can I do to help the actor? Is there a certain word or a sentence or part of it? Uh, maybe it's about movement. Um, it's, it's a vast array of decisions that have to be made in that moment with a, between a director and the actor. But basically, how can I help the actor do this better? And the actor says, well, you know, you're my mirror. You know, I'm in the moment as an actor. I don't know. What am I doing? So they need that feedback, and that's the director's job. Um, and, you know, a lot of things, too, that, again, help are there's a, words on a paper, you know, reciting lines. One of the things we do as directors is when we sit down and, and do our script breakdown and script analysis is, is, okay, we have all these lines that the actors have to say. Is there any way that, as a director, I can show this visually rather than talking about it so that it doesn't just become wall-to-wall -wall dialogue? And dialogue is incredibly important because it moves the story forward. It gives us all this information about characters and plot, etc. But also... How do I, you know, is, is there something the actor can do? Is, can they get up? Can they move around? Can they go over here? Can we, can we divide it up in some, certain things? Can they do some business? Can they wash dishes? I was just talking to some students last night, um, and it's, it's like you have a couple who are having an argument, and, and the writer has said interior living room, and Joe and Mary are having an argument for two pages, and, they, and they're sitting on a couch. And that's what the writer has written in. Now, the intent of the scene is the argument and the emotional stuff that comes out of it, but is the location, in other words, is the living room, is that a story point? Most of the time, it's not. Um, and a story point is, well, is it integral to the film that it takes place in the, in the uh, living room? 
So another thing you could do, and I was using this as an example, is what happens if you put them in the kitchen doing the dishes, and they're having the same argument, but now the dishes and the washing and, and the, the drying and how they do that becomes all part of this emotion. And so if they're in an argument, how does, he, you know, how does the, the husband dry the dish, or does, he, or does he throw the rag? Like They have all of this business. That's real life, too. And that's what we can do as a director is maybe just as simple as say, well, let's go in, let's just do it in the kitchen doing the dishes. And now all the actors' life, they don't just have to sit there. So these, so it starts like that as well, just changing like locations or giving some actor business. What I think is, uh, what I really like about this is, is too, it, it first and foremost displays the that the director's thinking, you know, well, sure, it could be in a living room, but what if it were in the, what if it were in the kitchen or what if it were in the bathroom, what if it were in the bedroom, if it were somewhere else? And the, act, the idea of giving the actors something to do, you, you know, you see a lot of pleading gestures with actors, they, they, their palms up, their hands out, you know, when they're talking, and, and we, I, I don't know that we ever talk like that. But actors have this thing sometimes about, what do I do with my hands? Yeah, I just yeah. sit here, or I don't know how to make use of the set. The ability to to be washing dishes or to be to put a, a dish down the way you would if you were actually doing it in real life, you know, you you do things for emphasis. You you know, you may throw something in a drawer, you may pick, you know, I mean, any number of things. Um, but what it displays is the fact that the director is thinking about, you know, how do I make this? You know, how do I tell the story? How do these people convey the story? How do they actually live, you know, their parts and their roles? Um, as opposed to just saying, okay, we got a scene in the living room and these people are talking and furthering the story. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the dimensions that this adds, uh, can add, to me, I, I find absolutely wonderful. I mean, your point is you're having actors do things rather than just say things. Yes, well, that's exactly it, yes. And, but not just do things, but do something that is maybe completely opposite to what the, what the scene is about, too. And it's like with... And things like, and I've done, one of the advantages of teaching is that I get to experiment a heck of a lot. Uh, yeah. And and for me, it's taking a, if, if you took an argument scene and put it in a church where they have to mm-hmm. whisper, it creates, the dialogue is the same. There's an intensity that is the same, but it's all then pulled in because they have to whisper in the church. And it creates a whole new dynamic of the performance. And I've experimented with like, a, like one scene. We'll take one scene, two-page scene of a couple. And then we'll put it in, you know, it, it says it's in the kitchen. So we'll do it in the kitchen. Then I say, okay, well, let's say now we're in, we're in the living room and we'll do it in the living room. Or you're in bed before you get in bed. How would you get into bed and, and then have the same dialogue? And, and the students sit and watch the same dialogue, three or four different locations, completely different nuances. We're getting the information across. That's the key with the dialogue. You need the plot points. You need the story. We understand that. But how the actors do it, the beats they take, and the subtext that comes out of all this is just enormous. And these are great tips to understand from rehearsal um, you know, if you're rehearsing actors or even deciding to change a location, uh, you know, within a script, 
it's the business part. And so again, it is about the doing rather than saying. And and I think that um, I think any actor who just doesn't want to stand there and just repeat dialogue. It's like, what can I do? Where can I go? And when you watch top professional actors or any actor that's got any experience, just what can I do? Because it's interesting. You said, what do I do with these hands? And I, sometimes I'll stand in front of a class and I go, okay, put your arms out and just and I sort of move my hands. So what do we do with these things? You know, look at people. Think about for a moment. Watch people on the street. And and I think when you watch people on the street, eight out of ten people probably, have, they're carrying something. They have something in their hand, a newspaper, a bag. A per, they're always holding on to something. And then when you don't have anything in your hands, what do you do? You're talking to people. What do you do? Put them in your pockets. Like we're always trying to figure out what we do with these appendages out here. And and I've always said sometimes my best directing sometimes is just giving someone a pencil to hold on to, and it changes the whole performance. Because now they don't have to focus on my hands and what. Oh, I can just focus on a pencil or a piece or whatever it is, or, or hold on to something, or a coffee mug. And and then all of that goes away. All of that processing goes away, and because that's real life. We're touching things. We hold things. We we do things like that. Um, sometimes good directing is pulling that thing away because they're they're taking too they're too much emphasis going into the coffee cup, <laughs> you know. So there's all yeah. these different ways of doing it. Um, we're at that point where I got to take a, a very brief break, and uh, and we'll do that. But but you know, you're having actors do things rather than say things, and I know that that the notion of verbs is important to you. And so when we come back, I'd like to have you talk about, you know, how you communicate to the actor, you know, the states or attitudes that you want without without sure. telling them to be in a state, but to use verbs and, and actions in order to do that. So uh, let me just take a brief uh, break here, and uh, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat. The official URL is rexsikes.com. All of these discussions are archived right there at rexsykes.com in the interviews blog. And you just go there. There's over 400 hours. Go back and listen to to them, you, you will be glad that you did. Also, they're available as podcasts from the iTunes stores. Whether you listen live, whether you listen archived, whether you get the podcast, which I heartily recommend subscribing to so you can take it with you wherever you go, please leave comments at the Blog Talk Radio player, and please rate and review the podcasts uh, at the iTunes store. My next guest next week is, is Michael Frost Beckner. We're doing the Writers Series, and we're talking about uh, writing. And with Michael Frost, he's uh, he's uh, Beckner. He's a producer. He's a writer. Uh, he's got a TV miniseries now in development. He's done a whole lot of stuff. You're going to want to listen to that as, as well. And uh, and then Nick Vallelonga, who was to be here last time, uh, but we had a, a, a slight, a slight uh, uh, scheduling problem. Uh, Nick will return after that. So keep in mind the next couple Thursdays when we meet, same time, same place, and. Uh, and, uh, and join us and tell your friends, share it, and leave comments, all right? You're listening to Mr. Peter Marshall. His web address is actioncutprint.com, and this is episode 28 of the Director's Series. We're back with Peter. So using action verbs to, to, uh, to guide the, the actor to specific actions, not the end results, but the actions, and, and, and you know, if you want them to be, uh, I have an anger scene. What what kind of things do I need to to know or do? How do you direct me? Well, nice loaded question. Um, <laughs> it, the, I think the key is it's like everything is. There's a combination. It's not like you can just turn a page in a book and say, okay, now this is a result. This is an, a verb, and I'll use this to get this. Everything is intertwined. So 
it's intertwined with result directing, and result directing is, you know, be more angry, and that's really a typical term that you've probably heard 422 times, uh, you know, and that's just this year, and it, it, because that's the result we're after, and, and there's nothing wrong with finding the result and trying to get the result you want with the actor, the emotion, and as a director, we look at this, this is the result I want, even, uh, but Telling an actor to be more angry as a result doesn't give them any information. It doesn't tell them why, right? You don't you don't help the actor by getting there. So and that's and then again also all emotions have different ways of being expressed. So somebody could if I say to you, okay, I want you to be more angry here, Rex, and I turn to Mary and said, Mary, I want you to be more angry here. Like maybe I'm thinking of yelling and screaming or whatever it is, but you're going to do something slightly different. You're going to maybe just go in inward. You're going to sort of be that boiling pot where you're just boiling inside, and she's going to start screaming or yelling or something. And so, but that so that's where results come in. They don't tell the actor sort of, you know, why we're do, why you're doing something. So um, you want to basically use verbs to to help that out. So and, and also ask them like, well, how do they feel? You know, you can do something like instead of saying we'll be more angry. Um, or give me more anger, um, you know, a lot of sometimes directors can use things like, um, you know, use, use comments like, okay, so if, if, you know, you go up to the actor and you say, well, you know, if he, if that person just slaps you in the face right now, what would you feel? You know, well, I'd be mad or be angry. I said, okay, well, let's, let's go with that. You can, do, you can go around it that way. It all depends on the director, the actor, the situation. So there's no one way to do any of this. Um, you can use a variety of words. The good thing about uh, using verbs is you can uh, increase the level of emotion. So um, I guess, for example, let's say if I want you to leave the room, Rex, say we're sitting together and you're being disruptive. And so I might invite you to leave. I'll say, Rex, could you please leave the room? You're being disruptive to the class. And then knowing you, because I know you, I've met you, you're actually in my class for a couple of days, you'll sit back and put right. your feet on the table and, and cross your arms like he's not moving. So then I say, okay, then I might beg you to move. Rex, please, with you, can you just leave the class right now? Please, you're disruptive. Uh, I'm begging. You know, you don't have to say the word beg, but that's begging. And if that doesn't work, I'll just walk up and demand. I said, Rex, get the hell out of the room right now. So right there I have at least three different versions of asking you to leave. The first one is inviting. The second one is begging. And the third one is, say, demanding. And that's why I always like verbs are what I call like the boiling pot, right? You, 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 I've said this before where you take a pot, fill it full of water right to the brim, put a lid on, turn it on high, and what's going to happen right then? Absolutely nothing. It's just cold water in a pot, right? And it'll sit there. But at some point, it, the water will start bubbling, and then the lid starts moving, and that's the, these layers that you want to get to in different, um, you know, with actors. And using verbs helps to do that. And again, every actor is going to express an emotion differently. So we as directors have a certain thing in mind. You know, and plus the writer says, you know, they cry, they yell. Well, good actors will look at that and they'll, you know, maybe cross it off and go, well, maybe I don't, I don't want to do this. And a key word we're talking about we haven't used yet is the word organic. 
very much like you look outside or look around the room where you're in if there's people and say everybody right now is is performing organically because they're real and they're in real situations and their emotions, whatever the emotion is at the time, uh, they're reacting to. And there's no make-believe in that sense. Um, so that's an important thing to understand, that organic is how you want to, to have the actors become organic. In other words, it's real. So as directors, if it says the dialogue, and there says they're getting angry, and I think smart directing, unless there's a real big story point that says they have to throw the pan, okay, because it's a story point, because the pan hits something or it hits somebody, then the person gets arrested or whatever the story is, allow them to do it organically and let them try what they want to do first because then it becomes organic. In other words, it's truthful to them at the point. And as a director, you're not adding any layers, and you can add the layers by the boiling pot, by saying, okay, the actor does that, but you want a little bit more, then you can you have other ways of doing it. I hope that makes sense. It's always very difficult to talk about it. You want to see the stuff in action. But again, that's the verbs are really important. You can, you can go on to what I call Uncle Google and just type in action verbs, and you can print out sheets, and they're really important for you to look at. And, you know, you can, uh, you know, to, for example, uh, just to follow a thread through, you can inquire about something, persuade, plead, demand, threaten. You can see that the verbs have an intensity in them that you can use to get performances um, that you want. So that's really what action verbs are. Again, do your due diligence. You know, and again, I have a I have a verb sheet that I print out and keep in my binder when I'm directing because sometimes you just need to refer to it because in the heat of the battle. <laughs> Your brain just can't always get the verbs. You can't just get it. It just doesn't always come automatically. Because there's also all the other things you're thinking about. Was the boom in the shot? You know, can we do it again? Was the focus not? Because as a director, you're thinking about all of these things. So it's good to have these little cheat sheets with you. So that's really Absolutely. the verbs, you know, part of it. What I like about this, and I think we, we have discussed some of this before, and the example that I would use is that, that the word more is an unquantified word it doesn't tell you how much of anything yeah. it just says more than what is present so if you if i said bring me more water you could bring me a truckload you could bring me a gallon you could bring me a glass or a symbol it, it doesn't tell me how much water i need and uh what i what i find particularly uh difficult when a director says give me more is that it drives the actor, drives me into myself to try and determine how much more does this person want and whether it's right. enough and whether the person will be satisfied. So the issues are no longer the story, the performance, what's going on with the other character. It's am I going to be able to fulfill this for this guy who's watching right now? And, and you're going right into your head exactly. thinking about it when you shouldn't be, you should be in the moment. Right. If you say threaten her, I can I can I can get that. Now it's still maybe a question of how much, but but at least yeah. I've got a, a specific direction in which to travel. And the other thing is 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 well, nowadays we're digital, we don't have to worry about film so much, but I mean if you said give me more, it's really an experiment because they give you more, nope, that's not enough. Give me more than that. Okay, okay, nope, I need more than that. Okay, nope, nope, that's too much. Give me more. So by the time it's all said and done, you may have gone through a number of different takes or a number of different rehearsals and then the actors exhausted. <laughs> they're burned out on it, you know. They're like, "Oh yeah. my God!" You know, finally. So, 
you know, what you're doing by being precise with your verbs and your your directions that you're giving, Peter, is you're allowing you're allowing for greater work efficiency between the two of you and between the actor and and the actor his or herself, and uh, and and that uh, is is really truly beneficial uh, from an actor's standpoint. You know, to have somebody who can communicate in that way. Well, and the good thing about using verbs or images or that kind of thing is that it it works with quote unquote real people and not actors. So that if you're dealing with uh, real people in a situation or uh, people that have very limited acting experience, they can still do this. Because if I say, well, just go and threaten or just demand, people have always done that. So they can go and, and then you make the adjustment accordingly instead of saying, well, be more angry. And I've virtually done experiments. See, this is the thing that one of the the great things I, you know, about teaching is I get to experiment, like I said, with all of these things to see what works and what doesn't and then transfer all this onto the sets. And by having you know, the students all stand up and I say, okay, just everybody introduce themselves. And, they introduce, and then I say, okay, and everybody be angry. It becomes just this madhouse of insanity. And it all looks pretty stupid. And, you know, but, and then, but at least it gets the point across that everybody can do this. Everybody does it differently. We all have a different version of being happy, being angry, being sad, etc. And so it's not just verbs you use. It's also changes of objective, um, you know, change the objective. And we, talk, we talked about this a great deal in, in the audition process where you make an adjustment by changing the objective. And, and the people that are listening can go back. It's only a couple, what, 27 or 26, something in there. And we talked a lot about that. And those are important to understand, um, that there's all of these ways of finding out, you know, directing. And I, I also recommend, there's also some books out there that are really important. There's Judith Weston, who's, I guess, the sort of uh, the, the mentor to everybody as far as directing actors, and her book's called Directing Actors. There's Mark Travis, and he's, he's got a couple books out. There's lots of books out there. Read them, um, really get a handle on it. If you're a director and you're doing drama, you need to always keep updated on this. And again, one of the good things about our business, acting and directing and writing, it's pretty evergreen. It's been going around for five or 6,000 years, right? You don't have to worry about a computer chip that changes every six months, <laughs> digital. Uh, you know, it's all about human behavior. And human behavior is pretty standard across the, across the board. So if you start working yourself, reading, and just understanding. I mean, just sitting in a cafe, instead of reading a book or, or going on Facebook on your iPhone, just look around you. And, and this is something that you need to do. And I keep going back and I'm repeating myself, but as a director, as, a, as an actor, as a writer, when you're in that creative process, you're in the observation business because you're translating real life onto, into a dramatic form, into a heightened reality. And... You know, when, you, when you're doing a movie, it's almost life, to a certain extent, is just a little quicker in the movie, a little faster. Things happen faster because we have two hours to tell a life story. We have two hours to do this. Um, so it's, it's the how we can do this. And, you know, once you, once you get it, like it just makes sense. It's like this little thing goes click and you go, oh. That's what it is. You I mean I've been struggling all this time with directing actors, and I had to know this. And I mean, everyone's going to be different. The script's different. The people you're dealing with are different. Um, you're going to get actors that, and what's their experience as well. And maybe you don't communicate as well. 
that's the other thing. I always, I always, and I say, well, you're not getting a good performance. What's the reason? Everybody says, well, the actor's this, the actor's that, or the script sucks, or whatever. I said, well, what about you? Maybe you're not a good communicator. Uh, right. well, there's all these people going, oh, well, yeah. I mean, hello, look at yourself, too. So that's my rant. I always have a rant on your show. That's it. That's it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy to, to have you rant. Um, so, you know, we were talking about how, uh, you know, actors need to show rather than speak, but directors probably shouldn't show <laughs> the actor what to do. Yeah, again, we're talking don't do this, shouldn't do this, never do this. Right. Of course, and there's and no fine. 100%. Uh, and again, I hope everybody understands that. Is, Except uh, for that. You can, well, <laughs> I guess the, the bottom line is how do, you get, how do you get the performance? How do you get it? Uh, and I think what you're talking about is, okay, Rex, you're not understanding what I'm saying, so I'm going to get up and I'm going to act it out for you. Like I'm going right. to perform that for you. Or even worse, I'm going to read the lines the way I want you to say them as a line reading. Um, there's only – I'm not an actor, so that is the worst thing in the world for me to do. Um, because I, what happens is and – and a lot of it either comes from inexperience or frustration. You try everything with an actor. And I've seen this happen on sets. You try everything, and it's just not working. I just All you're trying to do is say, I just want a beat in certain lines. So sometimes you just pick it up and go, here, can you just do this beat? I've done it. I think any director has done it. Maybe it's out of frustration because nothing else is working. Or the actor maybe just, you know, you know it's, just, it's just not working. But, but what happens when you do that? It's just like you know, line readings or I show you how to do something, how to walk into the room or how to do it or whatever it is. It doesn't become organic anymore. And this is the danger. And sometimes you, know, you can get away with it. Um, but it doesn't become organic because now the actor's in his head going, oh, they want me to walk this way. So soon, or when I get to this line of dialogue, the, the director wants me to say it this way. So I'd say you have a, a page dialogue and you're doing fine. And you're doing fine. You got the layers and you got the beats. And all of a sudden, there's a line or two away from that word. And what do you do? You go to your head because you're trying to think, oh, how am I supposed to say that again? And so you're missing something. And you say the line. And do you say it right? It's not as organic. And I keep using that word over and over again. That's why I believe strongly that every take that you do with an actor, say you do a two-shot and you do your coverage, that every take should be slightly different. Because that means they're listening to each other. You can give a note to, say, the other actor, the off-camera actor, and tell them to do something different to get a reaction from the actor. And because you understand the editing process, and that's essential for a director, uh, because it, because we do have the process of cutting pieces of film together to create emotion, um, you, know, you can play with it a bit. And as long as the story's there, as long as you're aware of how you're cutting the picture... You can try different things, try different beats and layers um, when on your, you know, every take. You know, you don't have to make them drastic, but just little nuances or little beats, maybe halfway through you can try something. And that takes experienced directors or directors who are confident because they know in the editing room they can create a lot of the performance in there, even if they have a very good actor giving it to them because you can just take these little extra beats and moments. And that's also how, with maybe inexperienced actors, that there's a trick you can do, too, is maybe try different things. I mean, this doesn't work on a one-er, you know, because it's either or, but as soon as you're into coverage, in other words, you can get an over-shoulder shot or a close-up, 
you can create a whole world uh, in there. And I think that's an important thing to understand as well. Oh, excellent, excellent. So um, the actor comes to the set, and they have their scene, they have their lines. And again, I love the idea of giving adjustments to the other actor off camera or the other person in the scene um, to, to have some change. I think sometimes... You know, we run stuff, and especially if actors have gotten together, they run it, and they do it the same way, and they're trying to be precise for continuity, and they're trying to say, on this line, I put this down, and then this way, and I say it this way, and that's cool, because actors need to track their continuity, and you need to know mm-hmm. what they're doing, and if it's, if it's just wildly improvised, it's hard to do any matching back. But if there is a place where the director can say, you know, I want you to try this or do this, and and it changes the performance on each take a little bit, it it it's that it is that spontaneity that, that you can see either the surprise or whatever that, that would happen to the actor who's on camera when when it isn't by rote. Mm-hmm. And, and so well I, again I, I appreciate that. Well, and I think again, if you do two or three, I mean, three is a magic number in the business, right? So if you yeah. if you're doing indie movies and indie stuff or short films and even big films too, but it's like you're not going to get up to ten, twelve, fourteen, fifteen takes. I mean, this isn't Kubrick doing this anymore, you know, or twenty, thirty takes. Right. You're going right. to be doing two, three, four takes. I mean, if you start if, in television, if you're doing more than three takes, your your day is gone. I mean, you've got to get in, you've got to do a couple takes and move on. So if you know if you've got two good takes, then the third one is try experiment a bit. Maybe even say to the actor, yeah, this one's for you. I got those two. Hey, let's just play a little bit. Give them permission to do a little play. And what that does, it re- doesn't that re- just release all this pressure off of you? And you know you got something in the can. And say, okay, yeah. let me just play with this one. See what I can I'll say a little differently. Try yeah. things differently like that. And what happens is you're looking for what I call magic moments. The whole scene that may not be perfect. But if you know that you've got a couple of good takes on a two-shot or an over and you're just trying to get something else in a single and you're looking at the AD and they're looking at their watch and all the pressure's on, you know, just trying something different by saying, because I know I'm cutting back and forth, I can cut back to the other person's reaction and cut back and cut all this stuff out and just cut to that one nuance. That's all I'm saying because you never really know. I believe you never really, really know until you get to the editing room, what you want. Because then that's the movie. So you're on set, and you may know, okay, there's a certain beat I want here and a certain thing I want here, and that's as a director, that's your prerogative, and that's fine. But play it little loose sometimes, because you may get some magic out of it. And again, these things are hard to describe, and we all have these um, images or how we want actors and things to say the lines, um, but it's like just open up for some experimentation. When I do some of my workshops, I I have um, professional actors in them. And I always ask the actors, okay, well, what are some of the, what are some of the, the good direction you've had from directors? And, and what, and more importantly, what, what's some of the worst direction you've ever had, or what's some of the, the stories that you have about, um, you know, directors and, and the direction they've given them. I have, I remember one actress, I'll never forget this story. She basically said that, this uh, director had workshopped his script, and he and he and he recorded all these different actors saying um, all the lines, and he put together all the right pieces 
of how he wanted it said. And on the set, he showed her the video, a clip of oh, how gosh. she wanted to perform this piece. Like, that's even worse than telling, like he said, perform it this way. That was his direction, because this is what I, exactly what I want. And she looked at him and said, why don't you hire that person? <laughs> it was a great line. <laughs> and I imagine you've got stories, too. And because it's like we're not, actors aren't machines. And I've always said, camera on, camera off. Light on, light off. Actors don't work that way. It's like you need warm-up time. There's maybe it takes you two to three takes to get into it. And actors will ask you why. That's why a lot of directors are, are, uh, don't work with actors very well or afraid of actors, right? Because they, they can turn and go, why do you want me to do that? Where the camera, just, okay, turn the camera, okay, put the camera there, they're going to do what you want, right? So working with the crew, working technically, is in one sense a lot easier for directors because really the, no one's really going to speak back to you. But actors will ask that question, that horrible, horrible question, why? <laughs> and you have to have an answer as a director. So that takes time. It takes a lot of bruised egos uh, to get through that. But realize that if you do your homework and script analysis and all of that essential stuff ahead of time, you're going to have, answer, going to have answers for these, these questions. And that you can also bring the actors into your world. It's not all about not being technical. Of course not. We're doing a movie. They have to walk maybe certain places. They have to hit the mark and look on the left to frame. This is a movie. It's not theater. But sometimes the directing as well, as I, I call it, will bring them into my world. So if I'm blocking actors and I'm going through and I need them to do something physically, um, I was just directing a little scene a couple days ago, and I wanted to do it in a one or two. An actor comes into the room, the other actor comes up behind them, and they talk, and then they exit frame. Well, the scene where they're playing it, basically the one actor kind of walked away and was walking around and spread out. And I thought, you know, if I had if I had a lot more time and I had a lot more shots, what they were doing is great. But I, I had to keep them together in the frame because I needed a one or to get them out of frame to go to the other coverage. And so I had to bring the – I tried – a couple blockings, and then finally I said to the actors, I mean, okay, here's the idea. I brought him in my technical world. I need to do this in one Like Physics says the lens can only be this wide, and I know you like to move around, but can you sort of move just slowly in here and not? And you go, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem, because now they're aware. But if I just said stop there and don't move, then I'm giving that kind of result that they don't understand, and I'm being dictatorial. And... And so by bringing them into my technical world, they get it. And I think that's another good note for directors, too, is they don't need to know all the reasons you're doing it, right, because that's going to take a lot of time of explaining. They don't need to know that. But at some point, bring them into your technical world and say, the reason I need you to get up and stand here is because I have a shot that's up high, looking down, and whatever the deal is, they go, oh, okay, I get it. Just you can explain why as well. Yeah, we have just a few minutes left, and literally a few minutes left. But you know, I really like what you said, and I think also that it's important for both actors and directors to understand that you know one of the reasons Clint Eastwood will say you you know you hire the right person for the job, and then you only need one take. You know, he's relying on people who uh, have been around the block. They're seasoned. Yeah. They're professionals. They understand. They speak the same language. They almost think the same thoughts. So, you know, the the, the the new actor oftentimes is, 
you know, is is they don't have the vocabulary, they don't have the experience, they don't have, uh, you know, they haven't worked enough with people. So, you know, whatever the director can do to to help them understand that is is marvelous, and the director needs to understand it. And sometimes directors need to understand, especially if they hire a more seasoned pro, mm-hmm. that. They they're not going to do it unless they can figure out that they can trust you. I think it was Brando who used to always have a question. I mean, you know, you hear stories about everybody, but you know, he'd have a question that he'd ask, and depending on the answer, he knew whether the person was a, a toad or a talent. Right. And and yeah. you know, and so you know, they're they're they, you know, the seasoned actor wants to know if you know you're, if you have chops too and, and know what you're doing, and they also understand if you say I need this in a winner. Or I'm going to do this. You know, they, you know, they have a better appreciation for some of that, um, and, and, and hopefully, I mean, and can deliver. Uh, so, for for the obviously the key is for the director and the actor to get as much experience working together yep. in, in a variety of ways, and hopefully, you know, you cut your teeth on good ones and bad ones uh, alike, or, or not, let's not say bad ones, but not so good ones, <clears throat> or people in the process of becoming better. Let's put it that yep. way. Yeah, and um, and uh, you know what? What I like is that you know you and I are going to come back. and We're going to talk about it. <laughs> we're going to continue this. I we're really going to continue do, this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've got a lot. You know, uh, to to continue to work with the acting, and then we do have the scene breakdown uh, from the director's point of view and other things, so that the listeners know what's coming up. Uh, so um, we'll schedule, you know, obviously more. Uh, times with you, so that, and then I'll let them know. I, I, I'm, I'm remiss because I haven't done that yet, and I can't say when you're coming back next. But I suspect within the next month you'll be back, and we'll pick up. Uh, we'll pick up either where we left off, or talking about you know objective and intent, and the different kinds of things that that we can follow sure. um, from this. And I've got to tell you, I have so appreciated uh, today, as I have all of our other talks together, both on the air and off the air, and in person and and at a distance. So um, I want to let you close uh, your thinking rather than me, and then um, and then I will close out the show. Uh, and I'll have some announcements to make. And I want to remind people that it's actioncutprint.com as Peter's website. It is the director's chair, and there is film directing tips. You want to go check those out as well as other things and resources and programs that he offers at his website. Plus, he's got workshops and seminars that, that uh, if you have one, please tell us about it coming up. And then um, – he can, he's, you're on Twitter at bcfilmmaker.com, British Columbia Filmmaker, bcfilmmaker.com. Uh, uh, no, dot .com, sorry, but uh, yeah. bcfilmmaker, so you can follow Peter on Twitter. So there you are, Mr. Marshall. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I have um, one workshop coming up in Toronto on August 9th and 10th. It's a blocking workshop, where, uh, and you can find that information on my website um, or at raindance.org. Uh, so that's in Toronto for Rain Dance, August 9th and 10th, uh, blocking workshop with actors. That's fantastic. Well, again, thank you very much for being here. It has been uh, a pleasure to discuss with you again. I will I'll call you back in a little bit, and then um, have a great day. All right, Rex, take care, and thank you very much. Oh, thank you, sir. Okay. All right, Peter. That right. Mr. Peter Marshall on Rex Ike's Movie Beat. Episode 28, if you've listened to uh, none other than this, I hope you got great value from it. I found it absolutely fascinating. Go back and listen to the other 27 or the other five or six in the first AD. Or, in fact, go back and listen to all 400 hours or more 
uh, for the other professional filmmakers. You're going to find great golden nuggets, great value, great secrets, great tips, great advice, and suggestions for furthering your career, getting your projects done, working better, smarter, more efficiently, cheaper, uh, the whole the whole nine yards. You don't want to do that at rexsykes.com. That's the official web address. You can find all of these on Blog Talk Radio as well and the podcast at the iTunes stores. Please leave comments. Don't go away today whether you're listening live or archived. If you're in the chat room or wherever you are, please take a moment and underneath the player, leave a comment. Yeah, thumbs up, a smiley face, or thoughts, because what that does when you leave a comment is it increases our web visibility for other filmmakers, other fans to discover the show. When you rate and review the podcast, it makes us a more popular podcast, and when things are more popular on the Internet, they get more visibility. All right, Unless, of course, net neutrality has its way, and then we're all at loss. Um, not net neutrality having its way, but the the suppression of it. Okay, so I want to thank everybody for listening. Again, my next guest, Michael Frost Beckner, is coming up a week from today, seven days from now, next Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific time. If you're listening around the world, you'll have to figure out the rest of that. And then a week from that, we'll have Nick Vallelonga, director. He's going to be returning. And i got more guests coming up for that. You can follow me on Twitter at Rex Sykes Movie BT. Rex Sykes Movie BT, the last word is abbreviated. Do join us at Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends on Facebook. I have a number of Facebook groups. I've got Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends. I've got Rex Sykes Movie Beat The Group. It's a small group. I've got Filmmaking, Filmmakers Network. I've got uh, Wisconsin Film Jobs. I've got Midwest Movie Makers. Um, so you can, you, but do join um, Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends on Facebook. Give it a like because um, while my own website is under construction, I use I use the Facebook page to make a lot of announcements about what's going on. Plus, there's tons of articles and other fascinating stuff that you're going to want to check out as well. So join us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter, and do stay tuned. Um, and keep doing what you're doing. Make your projects. And, uh, and share uh, what you're doing with us as well. If you've got questions, you can always ask them from the chat room. And, uh, and please, uh, tweet and share uh, the information about this program and, and future programs as well as past. All right, we've got many more exciting guests coming up in the near future, so stay tuned. Please keep sharing uh, with all your interviews and friends. All right, everybody, have a fabulous day. Make your movies and complete your projects. And until we meet the next time, that's a wrap.